Welcome to episode number 40 of Become a Guitarist Today with myself, Adam Roach. So in this episode, I have Tony Einella, a good friend of mine for the last 28 years, who's also a producer, an engineer, a composer. He's a, he's a guy that does everything. He's an amazing talent. So I used to be in a band with Tony a long time ago, and then he went overseas, and then he uh, did a few other things in London and everything, which you'll hear in the interview. And then unfortunately, uh, Tony had a, a stroke, which took away his ability to play guitar. But he didn't give up. He shares a great story about how he kept going. Still to this day, he's got a lot to do with music. So I really hope you enjoy this interview. So before we go to the interview, let's have a quick listen and find out more about my new sponsor, Living Music. Living Music sells and services all styles of guitars, keyboards, drum kits, recording equipment and more. Everything a muso needs. Call or visit us online at livingmusicstores.com for a great deal on all the big brands or to arrange your music tuition today. Yeah, so do yourself a favour. Get down there or get on the website. They really are a great store. Rick Valet, who I interviewed last week, is a great guy and he'll definitely help you out. So just mention Adam Roach and hopefully he'll fix you up. And don't forget, if you do want to know more about my other podcasts, just go to my website, becomeaguitaristtoday.com. And that's where you can find out who's been on the podcast, who's coming up. You can find out more about my packages. I have my closed Facebook group where you can learn heaps of different things on there. There's uh, videos. Uh, you can answer any questions, anything you want. So let's go over to the interview now with Tony Inella. G'day, mate. How you going? Very good. What's the name of the studio again? Studio 499. So Studio 499, we're here at the moment. Uh, Tony's home studio. Great little setup. Now, I've known Tony since, oh, was it 1991? 90, I was trying to figure it out. Uh, I think it was around 89, oh, was it? 90. We were, we were like in our late teens, 19 yeah. to 20 sort of years of age. That's right. I think. Yeah, because I remember cause we worked at Transit Pack. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a long time. Long time. Yeah. Long time. <laughs> yeah, so we made, made music cases together. And yep. then from there, we just jammed around a few bands. It was the jam, yeah, it was the jamming, you know, your place a lot in garages and, you know, yep. had a couple of little sort of garage bands, covers and... Had the band B-Sharp. B-Sharp. <laughs> we never sort of agreed on that name, did we? We <laughs> yeah. just went with it. No one really was happy, but we just went with it. Yeah. We didn't have a better name. No, well, it sounded good. It didn't um something like, it was uh, The Simpsons. Yes. Didn't they, they use it later on? Yes, that was later on. They After had an episode us. where they had a little... Um, a cappella group that's right with Homer in it yeah <laughs> and old B-sharp so they ripped us off <laughs> <laughs> um, now so from there so we had that band going and then we you pretty much went over overseas what year was that? around I went overseas in 96 yeah. so the, but prior to nine to the going overseas there was you you were doing the cover the duo with Mark yeah that's right and I was also doing duos and occasionally I'd fill in for you yep when you were sort of doing something else and I'd play yeah. with Mark and yeah that's so, right yeah but what, 96 is when I went overseas so that was to, to do the music yep to do music and that was uh, did you already have something lined up or you just went no, over I just went over there with no plans and just get over there and see what happens and you know try and meet some musos and put a band together called Ursha Bloom that's right yeah oh, cool and so how'd you go with that band yeah we got signed to a pretty big label we, we actually just got a um, a single deal like a very small deal with a big label and released the single and sort of played gigs and then just, yeah, after about five years, the band disbanded. And yep. Yeah, yeah, as bands do. Yeah. And actually, just going back a little bit, so when did you very first start your guitar? Was it guitar you started first? 
No, at first I started at school, like, you know, really early days at school, playing clarinet and then okay. saxophone and then sort of later teens moved on to guitar and sort of yep. got into songwriting and that. Mm. So you've always done songwriting? Oh, yeah, since, since you know, 15, 16, just mm. been into songwriting. And, yeah. You know, I'll get it right one day. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's good. So Urshel Bloom, that was pretty much your main band overseas? Yeah, that was that was the only project I did did that for five years did a little work with um a few other people so just filling in and playing guitar for them but it was always originals never never did any covers overseas just constantly just concentrating on writing and Mm. recording and that's what we did and gigging it's great good times really really good times and that was london it was in london we're based in london and got to play at a lot of um iconic venues where bands like led zeppelin and Mm. the stones played at so it was yeah it was a good experience excellent no very good and so what happened from there? Well, we, we were together about 18 months and we got a, a deal. And it was only a duo. The band was predominantly just me and us and a singer-songwriter. And we just wrote and sit all the music ourselves. And I had a little setup in my bed seat. You know, I had a little A-track recorder. And we just recorded demos and sent them around to record companies and, yeah. and, and got a deal from that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, the record company came along, checked us out, doing an acoustic gig. And then we had a meeting and... Mm. And before we know it, we're in the studio recording. Wow. We recorded the single as a duo, though. Okay. The producer was a, a guy who played with, remember Shaken Stevens? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a drummer in Shaken Stevens. Ah. That's who produced the track. So he played drums on the track, and I played bass, guitars, and keys, and yep. some string arrangements we had. And Ain sang, and yeah, we had the single. And the best that came out of that was the single ended up on a um, TV program. Yep. Like one of those sort of, you know, um, midweek dramas at 7.30. Oh, be like a yeah. home and away type thing? Yeah, okay. something similar, one of those, yeah. Yep. Mini-series drama or something. And it was just basically the single was played, used in a pub scene where mm. the jukebox was playing our track. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was it. And, we made, and then we went on and made a um, six-track EP, independent. Yep. Yep. We sort of left our label and funded our own EP and then just slogged it out gigging for, for about four or five years and then yeah. just run its course. I just felt like, you know, it yeah. to be a change. I come yeah. home to Australia. Okay. And then, so in Australia, did you keep the music up? I kind of did. I kind of moved into working, having, having a day job and, and I was just right. I was still writing songs. I had a little garage set up studio, not as good as this one. It was just still, still using that eight track and a drum machine or had a, an electric drum kit Real basic, but I was still... And I, I went through this transition because I, after being in London and work with Ursula Bloom, I just never thought I was ever going to write mm. songs as good as those songs. Yep. And I just thought, yeah, those songs were just so great. Yeah. Uh, but then, I don't know what happened, these these songs just started coming and I wrote all those songs that um, we're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they just, just come and come. And I, was, and I was only recording them at home, you know, just the, the basic you know, recordings, guitar, playing all the instruments and... Getting drums down and singing on them, and and uh, yeah, and just putting all these songs together. Mm, oh, excellent. So from there, so it was what early two thousands was it? That was I moved yeah back to Australia from London in two thousand and three, and yep. then for about five years, five probably a bit longer than that, you know, six or seven years. I I was working. Um, and music was just a hobby, mm. you know, not really playing in a band. Tried to get into a few bands, but just never found anything that I liked. And was just writing and recording, and up till that point, literally, it was just a side project. It was taking yep. years, you know. These like I, I sometimes it'd be like three months in between 
recording sessions or mm. getting back into the studio to lay down something. So it was just taking years. It was just a hobby. Yeah. And and that's when I yeah. so I had my stroke. Yeah. Had a stroke in two thousand and nine. Yeah. And so the work in life just come to a bit of an abrupt end. Yeah. So two thousand nine. So so that what was that overseas, weren't you? When that happened? No, it was here in Melbourne. Oh, was it? It was in. Oh well, I sorry, I was travelling overseas. I was in Vietnam yep. when it happened, and then come home was a rescue flight got me home, and you know, I was in a pretty bad way, paralysed, neck down, couldn't speak, couldn't couldn't see very well, couldn't hear too good, yep. and then spent months in rehab, and that's and that was. In rehab, I went through that transition of letting go of trying to work, forgetting the fact that I had lost, you know, I couldn't get back to work. I had yeah. to let it go and just go, you know what? And I started thinking about music again. And I started, I'm going to, I'm going to finish that album and it become that. That was one of my goals yeah. while I was in the hospital. Was that's it? I'm going to finish that album. I'm going to get all this. I don't know how, but I'm going to, I'm going to get get into yeah. it. That's what I'm going to do. And literally within. Like I was in hospital for about three months, and within a week of coming out of hospital, I was in the studio listening to the recordings, you know, and sort of just you know getting my head around them again. I like, well, I couldn't play the guitar again because my left hand is, is not, you know, doesn't work well enough to play guitar, mm. and I couldn't work. How are we going to do this, you know? And and that's when I rang you. Yeah, that's amazing. It was around that time, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I remember I was at a gig. I think it was one of Glenroy RSL. And you come down, was it Leo? Yes, with Leo. Leo. You've come to catch up with you. Yeah. And I must say, like, when you come down to there to now, it's completely different. In terms of my health. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because sometimes I, I mean, I I have seen the progression, but also sometimes I, you know, I feel like I'm occasionally taking steps backwards. And especially when I'm, you know, I've been overdoing it. It's like everyone, you get busy and you get tired. And I feel busyness and tiredness and, yeah. and, and overload like it just knocks me out so yeah. I've got to be really cautious but I'm glad you've said that yeah, yeah. oh Thanks, definitely because I think you actually had a walking stick didn't you back then I, I sort I sort of did you know I don't know if I brought it to that gig but yeah. I, I toyed with the idea and it wasn't because I really needed it because a friend of mine said I might look cool <laughs> <laughs> walking around with a stick and yeah. I tried it for a little while but my therapist really said, I, I, I want to get you back to walking without a stick. I don't want you to use any independent aid. I don't want to do that. I just want to get you walking. Yeah. And I reckon you could do it. And I did. Yeah. It took me, you know, three months from, you know, I went into the hospital, flat on my back, couldn't move, to mm. three months later, walking out of the hospital. They gave me a wheelchair. Yeah. And the nurse said, you know, you can take this home for a month and wheel you out of the hospital. I said, no, I'm going to walk out. So I just... You know, all my bags and all the junk, you know, CDs that you bring into the hospital yeah. just got piled on top of the on the wheelchair and I walked out of there. Unreal, that's great. Thanks, mate. Strong will, for sure. And yeah, and then I got back into making music. Yeah, so that yeah, that leads us up to when we met up again. Yeah. And the bass we recorded, uh, Intervals, wasn't it? We yeah, it was Intervals. Yeah, the album, which is pretty much a lot of the same songs as this one. But yeah. But yeah, but going through that one, I remember coming into your studio pretty much humming or playing some of the guitar parts and yeah. some ideas and yeah. recording all that down and, and yeah. the vocals as well. There was a, a group of songs that were had some, the basses that recorded, and then there was a group of songs that was just nothing. There were just ideas at that point. Yeah. And when I was trying to work out, how am I going to make this album? And I can't remember how I stumbled upon you. I think it was on Facebook. I just thought about you and I found you on Facebook. Yeah. And I just thought, I know, I'll, go, I'll call that and, we'll, and I said, you know, I said, hey man, you want to do something? And then we met up at, and, and that's when I was living at my dad's for that period yeah, of time. Yeah, right. And set up, well, if you want to call it a studio, but a setup of equipment in mm. my in the spare room. Yep. And we just began. 
and it was like you said, just you know, having ideas. And if I had an idea on a hammer tune, you'd work it out on the guitar, or you know, and you'd take stuff away and then sort of give them a little different twist, and yeah. you know, sort of tweak the melody so it worked a bit better. And yeah. and slowly, how long did it take us? Six months? Yeah, or not even. I think. And it's just you and I. Just yeah, you and I just working on all the tracks, recording what needed to be recorded. Yep. salvaging what was already there and editing it and That's right. chopping it up and laying bass down and you'd, you'd jump from you know I remember some of the sessions we'd go from get a guitar track down then jump on a vocal bang out a vocal record the bass yep. there for two or three hours and then you're gone and then yeah. and it was just quick and it was it was qu- rather quick it but, was yeah it was great but, it's a good time yeah so I remember from there because it was more like a, a project I guess like you said yeah, you feature project. albums yeah but I remember for myself it's just like these songs are great yeah really want to do something with it with you yeah and that's why I want to really form the band and get that going and that's where Boy Cried Wolf come along yes and that and the name was just flirt, trying to work out a name and to, that was that was the one that we went for um, my daughter come up with um, Kangaroo History yep and my other daughter come up with um Pigs fly, <laughs> and and then boy cried wolf was just seemed ideal. We chose that name and yeah. began. The, oh yeah, we had that name as when it was just you and I. And then we did, your brother did the That's artwork right. for yes. the CD. Yep. He did a photo shoot for us. Yeah, and um, we pressed a hundred copies. And you you started doing a little bit of um some acoustic performances. Yeah, yeah and That's when I got yeah, Ebony, my daughter, involved. And That's right. We did that, and then that's when we said to got the other two guys, Mark and Steve. So Mark on bass yep. and Steve on drums, and yeah, formed a band. And, it was uh, it was really lovely to go f- for me to go from having these song ideas and these songs that sort of evolved after Usher Bloom split up because I was going through that period. I remember trying to write songs after Usher Bloom split up, and I was like, oh, no, I just you know, songwriting is so it's such a big part of my life, and and yeah. and then they started these songs started coming, and then getting you involved and being able to hear it. You know, like I'm sharing it now. These songs yep. are all just mine, you know, and yeah. now I'm sharing them and then they'll come into life and I'm like, wow, they sounded great. They really started to sound lovely. Yeah, because I remember like some of them, yeah, just gave the idea. I, I think you just you singing and playing the guitar or something. Like, like, for example, So Surprised. Then, you know, we wrote that little intro to that's it. That's right, that's right. It was probably yeah. completely different than what you Absolutely. thought it at the start, but come on, right? Yeah, it did. Come, it come up great. It, did, yeah. it turned it right around that that big guitar riff that you you come up with that just turned the whole song around. Because yeah. I was question that was song I never thought it was going to make it as a as a as a track for the for a band, but yeah, because it was just a sort of slow acoustic, you know, one of those E minor A minor groovy sort of kind mm. of tracks. That's how it was initially, how I heard it, and then you turned it around into this rock epic. Yeah. <laughs> So now yeah, that leads us yeah, to the album Destructions. So we might do a quick rundown of some of the songs, if that's okay? Yes. Uh, remember what they're all about. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, what we spoke about then, So Surprise. Okay. So yeah, can you tell us about that song? What's So Surprise all about? So Surprise. All the songs are always about a, an experience I've had, whether they are my own experiences or other people's. And So Surprise is more about sort of that one was that song was about someone giving me advice, but not actually taking that advice themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the, the basis of that song. And and when I when I write, I tend to have a theme that I'm sort of you know I might it always there's always a lyric that comes first, yep. like a very first line. And so for example, if I pick up a guitar and just sort of jam it, 
and come up with an idea and then just mumble whatever lyrics come to my head and then that lyric will give me the time for the rest of the song and then I'll take it away and, and sort of digest it and sort of pull ideas from here and there and sort of find a theme and, and a lot of times the song comes from some kind of subconscious thought I'm not actually saying this is what I'm going to write a song about yep. I'm just whatever and then what comes out is usually about what I'm feeling yep yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was a great song to perform live. You know, yeah, I really enjoyed this we, one. We, we used to open it up. Yeah. Open up the set with that, because it had that big rock guitar intro. Yeah, that's right. And just in the harmonies, too. Yeah. Yeah. Really well. You take my soul away. You take my soul away. You take my soul away. Now, now, track number two, Chinese Burn, which is another one of my favourites. Actually, I've got yeah. a lot of favourites. So that was a, a bit of a like a kind of a catchy, big catchy chorus. That one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that was written about Ursha Bloom Splint. Yep. That was the first song I wrote. Okay. Actually, I had the guitar riff, which was going to be for an Ursha Bloom song. Yep. And so I had the guitar riff, and you know, and I kind of dug the guitar riff. But um, I had sort of part melody. I didn't have everything just yet. So I hadn't introduced it to the band. Because mm. normally when I introduced the song to the band, I had it written from, from the beginning to the end. Yeah. But that one just, I was waiting. And then we, we sort of split. Mm. band split at that point. And I held on to it. And and then when I moved back to Australia, it just, I just, it just evolved. I worked it. And it was really about, because when Ursula Bloom split pretty much the band, our relationship just fell apart. The idea of Chinese burn because like we were still trying to be friends, but our band was broken up. So the idea of you know that Chinese burn okay, where yep. you twist in, in two different directions. Yep, that's the idea. Yeah. So you know, I try, I try and find these words that yeah, yeah. don't necessarily make sense to the song, but you know, in context they yep. work. And I know that one was a big crowd pleaser as well. Yeah, Everyone who played the CD too said, so "I love that song." Yeah, Chinese yeah, it's, burn. It's kind of the most instant song. Yeah, but it wasn't my favorite. No, wasn't. No. no, I mean it was one of my favourites, but you know, like albums, when you listen to albums, you generally find that the the less, the more obscure songs are the ones that appeal most to you. Yeah, I, I just thought I'd find it. Yeah, Temple. No, that's, another that's great song. My favorite. That's my favorite. That is it. Yeah. I had that one come about. Um, that one it was again about a, a relationship that I was in. Um, yeah, sort of twisting and pulling and shoving, and you know, one person's going this way, the other person's going that way. It was a confusing situation, and mm. yeah, and that's where that song come from. Yep. And actually, for recording this one, I think that the intro. Did it reverse the drums or something? You no, know, um, the guitar, because Ebony played a guitar. She, she was playing like a guitar riff that was at the beginning of the track. Yep. And which opened up, I think, with like a, just a strum of a chord. That's right, yeah. And I think the um, the guy who was the engineer in the recording session flipped it. That, just yeah. that. And so it, it comes in backwards. Yeah. Which, yeah, it was a good, nice, cool little effect. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and I remember Steve playing that drum groove that mm. really brought the song together because it, and, and in the middle of the song, it was his idea, in the middle of the song, my initial 
demo, our initial demo, had the drums drop out Mm. in the middle section. And it kind of slowed the song down, but it was Steve's idea to keep the drums going and and let the band drop out. And it really worked, it worked really well. You say you need no one to trigger you to love. Your sanity I can't describe, you're showing me the sign. Now, another one, hold on to me, another favourite. Yeah. But this is a great song. (laughs) Yeah, that was a ballad, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Probably Um, the only ballad, I think. But if you remember, Hold On To Me wasn't on Interval. No, that's right, yeah. Because I remember we made intervals and then we started to put Boy Cry Wolf together and you said to me, you've got any more songs? Yeah. And I said, I've got this riff, that I had this guitar riff and I had a melody, but I didn't really have a whole song. Mm. And I played it to you, I let you hear it. And you're like, I think you really liked it. And then I just went home and wrote wrote the lyrics and, and it's really about... Hold on to me is that insecurity period I went through from going having a stroke and sort of losing you know that stability I had and I just hold on to me sort of is, is someone give me some support really and that's what the song's about okay. and and I think that's why it had such you know that that's, that 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 riff was real sort of emotive kind of riff and the yep. chords had that beautiful sort of melodic chords you know yeah and this is another one we, we did live we had uh, Lisa Rasta come up and that's right yeah. Yeah, next one, Sunburnt City, where we had the didgeridoo at the start. That's right, Sunburnt City. Yeah, um, I wrote that in, in the UK, never introduced it to Ursher Bloom, just had it in my bag of songs. Mm. I never thought it was an Ursher Bloom song. I just write songs, and sometimes some songs go there, and you know. And um, yeah, that was about being over there, because there's a lyric in there, like a fish out of water. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what, it was just basically about living overseas, yeah. away from my family and my friends. Um, this one originally had myself singing the first verse but then we got Ebony to do the, that's right, the first yeah, part that's um, I mean she was only what, 14 at that stage so you can hear the, the young voice there <laughs> That's a really lovely sort of change to the song. Because the yep. song I just felt was, it was a good song, but it just needed something. And then that idea just turned it right around. Yeah. And it, it, to me, it became kind of the highlight of the album. It's, it also, it's because there was a change, change of feel, different voice. Mm. The energy was different. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. Really lovely harmonies. And the way you yeah. sing it as well, your part, you sang the melody a little bit different. Yeah, that's too, right. And it just... Wow, really nice, really nice. Yeah, and with the didgeridoo, so yeah, help get a different feel. Yeah, absolutely. In a faraway place, I got to care for me. Oh. Next one is Feel Like Running. I wrote that when I was working. I had a job and I had a little office. It was not much bigger than this. 
And I wrote that in the office, and the idea was feel like running. I want to get out of here. Okay. Yeah. That's really, pretty simple. Yeah, and it's, it's all got like a. It was a bluesy type yeah, it was feel. A bluesy groove and a bluesy rock groove. Yeah. That sort of, you know, that kind of um, shuffle sort of yep. drum beat, yeah? That's right. Yeah, and that kind of A minor, D minor progression. Yep. Know, to E minor. Yeah, that's right. Pretty simple. A lot of my songs are really simple, to be honest. You know, they're not, they're not complex in chord progressions, but, mm. yeah, that doesn't matter. It's the melody that really counts. Yeah. Oh, man, that's what really caught me, I guess, when I first heard the great melodies, you know. Yeah. It's really catchy songs there. Thanks, mate. And you feel like running, you feel like running out. And you feel like running, you feel like running out. Now, this next song, number seven, Daisy, wasn't actually supposed to be on the album. I remember we recorded all the drum parts and Steve had finished. I think I was in the studio just mucking around with it. and I think we had some time up there. Yeah. Because I think we booked 10 days to record. Yep. And I think we are done by like day nine or something or day... Yeah, yeah we had a spare right. day. That was not included in the mix. And you just recorded Daisy. And, yeah. And you're right. I don't think we ever intended... For, no. I think... I don't know how it got from me to you. I don't know how I... Did I say, here, I got this song? Yeah, yeah. I remember you were mucking around with it. Okay. And then I think we were just in the studio and I started playing it. Hey, should put that on there. Yeah, don't come again. The mel, the harmonies are just. Yeah, well, no, actually, uh, my wife's family over in Thailand, they love that song. Yeah, that was one of their favourites. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting how you get all these different people that like different songs, and you know, yeah, just you just never know. And actually, while we're at it, about the recording too, we actually got a lot of that money from the fellow of the bands that we did. Yeah, so you basically, if we just rewind, rewind a little bit. Yeah. After we intervals was made, the band was formed, and we did one gig, and then which was at some pub in Brunswick. Yeah, and the second gig was basically the entry, the first gig of the uh, Battle of the Bands, which is called the Last Band Standing. That's right. Yeah. And it was um it was one of the qualifiers, and we we come in second that night. Yeah. But that was enough to get us into the next round. And then we went on and on through with three or four rounds and to the grand final and won the grand final, which yeah. pretty much funded the album. Yeah, we won, right. I can't remember what it was, but it's it a fair amount of money. It's about six grand, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so that funded the album. Yeah, and that was a great feeling too. I remember winning that. Oh, I, that was yeah. it's very emotional. <laughs> but it's sad, but that was kind of one of the highlights in my musical career. Yeah. You know, because it was the whole build-up, the whole journey, you know, from the hospital and then coming out and then having these songs and then coming to you and then they're building them and and it wasn't it didn't happen overnight it took us a couple of years oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just solid work and just believing and continuing and, and you know, bouncing ideas off each other and yeah. them, then bringing other people into the band and yeah it was, you know you, your daughter at 14 years old was yeah. just amazing to see her on stage and singing and doing harmonies playing guitar yeah and to win that and there was a there was hundreds of people in the oh, audience it was, yeah. and there, the other band that were you know, it was between us and them, and mm. it was just it was very close. Just meant to be. Yeah. Rain will fall.
your veins. That's another one. I don't think that wasn't on intervals, was it? No, it wasn't. So it was after. Yeah, no, it was just another song I had in my bag that never, never. It was Inertia Bloom, partly intended, but it never, never, we never jammed it. Yeah, so this one I got to get the uh, classical guitar out and that's right. Use it that's for right. I went from the classical guitar into the steel string. Yeah, into the electric. Right. And that's that was what, what the nice process of going from song ideas that I had to giving them to someone else and bringing into that that classic guitar idea of just again gave it another light, another mm. energy, and I, yeah, it, was, it was good. Yeah. And uh, do you remember what that song was about? In your veins. I think it was more about you know just being obsessed with something. Yeah. You know, it's in your veins. You just can't uh, let it go. Yep. Damage Done. Yeah, that's yeah. a great song. Yeah, cool, cool little song. That I used to really dig that song. It had that interesting guitar riff. And and uh, that song there, I remember when I wrote it, I detuned the E down to D, and okay. it sort of played that strings there, so more like a bar chord. Yep. You know, and then with my other fingers, you just you know, play the riffs. That's right. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah, that, that song was inspired. I, re- I really remember that inspiration of that song, and it was when... Saddam Hussein, when he was mm-hmm. captured in that bunker mm-hmm. by the American troops, um, I just thought, you know, it just thought, really this great leader who you know led this country into what it was, then he was found like hiding in a bunker, and I thought those extremes, you know, and and that's where the words damage done say all this damage mm-hmm. he had done, and and the lyric is um, now that the damage is done, you just take your things and run. Yep. Right, so he was basically put in jail, whatever happened to him, where the rest of the country was had to pick up the pieces. Mm. And that's where the song came from. Yeah. It was a direct inspiration from that. Yeah. And I don't write political songs very often. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now number 10, Disconnected. Now, this is another one. This is on Intervals. Yeah. Was that one of your earlier songs, was it? Yes, yes. That was one of the, one of the first songs I wrote mm. after coming home from from um, the UK. Okay. And it, it's just that it's been disconnected. It's pretty simple. Um, about disconnected from whatever's going on in your life. And, you know, a lot of the songs, sometimes I've got a lot of inspiration from writes, writing songs about not being a muso and working mm. and trying to do the nine-to-five thing and... Oh, yeah, and I think this, this connected was about that. It's just about that kind of trying to get your head around. Yeah, yeah. And actually, this one was good as far as the chords. They go from that major to minor. Yeah, that, I remember. I remember you, you you commented about that. Yeah, you know, you were saying, "Man, how'd you come up with that idea with where it goes from?" The, you know, yeah. And I, I reckon that comes from my early Beatles days. You know, yep. Lenny used to do a lot of that, going mm. from major to minor. Mm. George Harrison written a few songs that had that kind of progression. And the, uh, the intro is with the, the E major 7 yeah. type of one. Yeah, I, I write, I, lo- I love 7s. Yeah. Into that tone, doesn't it? Just, yeah. You know, instead of playing an A, play an A7. It just gives it that dark character. Yep. Yeah, really love. Don't leave it all inside. You waste away your life. You fade away. It's a shame. Don't leave 
one is one way ride it's better just a relationship breakdown and you know um someone doesn't treat you very well and you're on you know you feel like you're on your own you're on a one-way ride and i remember when we started jamming that how it just turned around and become it was just a i never thought it was going to really be a song that could be a band song and then we jammed it and it just wow just yeah. come to life didn't it that's right and i remember the I think it was the outro towards the end. Yeah, that's that's the little guitar melodies. That's and it, yeah, yeah, and you had some vocal melody in there. Yeah, and it just yeah, it's really good, really good. Uh, I've thought about that re-recording that song and doing something else with it, mm. trying to make it like a pop song, sort of an acoustic pop song. But I haven't got around to it. Yeah, nice. So please, all your bets, settle all your debts, because you're trapped. Number 12 is Paralyzed. Yeah, just about that stroke through my recovery. I think I wrote part of it while I was in hospital um, waiting to see a doctor. And I was just, you know, I still write a lot of my lyrics on my phone. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you'd be waiting for an hour or two to see a doctor at the hospital and I'd just write lyrics. And, and that's what that was really about. Yeah. So with a lot of your songs, do, do you write lyrics or music first or whatever comes up yeah it's whatever comes up but generally I'll, I won't have any preconception I'll just sit down in an instrument normally they, during those days it was a guitar these days it's a piano yep um, and just just bash it and I, I always I think the best way for me to write is find a, a progression mm. a melody um, a riff that gives gives me something to write a song and once I have a chord progression that, that I like yep. then I'll just start humming melodies and making up words at random and you know if you listen to some of my recordings on my phone it's just it's just nonsense you know <laughs> like, oh, I'll, I'll go through it and there'll be 10 12 15 20 ideas and then i'll listen to it a week later and go oh yeah the idea number three there's a song in that yeah. and the other 15 i'll just throw in the bin yeah you know and and, and then build on that one okay so it's just it's really about just trying yeah. and then I'll write the lyrics once I've got a basis then I'll start writing the lyrics yep. and and I find the best way to write lyrics for me is not when I'm sitting at the instrument because okay. then if you sit at the instrument you're like come on lyrics come I just yeah. find out if I'm driving oh yeah I'll come with the verse and then I'll pull over and write that verse in my phone or mm. or just sing those words into my phone just to get the idea and then go home and develop it always when I'm away from the source is the mm. best time to write Lyrics. I like to write lyrical lyrics. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that are quite almost you know, poetic. You know. Yeah. For me, like I actually spoke in the podcast the other week when I was uh, Ebony, yeah. we spoke about Eclipse Days, and when I used, I used to write you know, pretty much all the music, and Darren wrote the lyrics. Yeah. But a lot of my ideas would come at night time. You know, I'd be a bit in bed. Yeah. Or something like bang. <laughs> yeah, there's the idea. I'd have to get up and yeah, know, record yeah. it down. There's a. I think there's something about that time of night when your brain is in a different frame as yep. to opposed to during the day when you may be caught up doing you know life mm. and at the end of the day when your brain is at its most rested and you know it's it's given up it's done what it has to do for the day and then it opens up a new part and new different parts of the brain are working in the creative 
sense sense that comes forward and yep. that's where the best ideas are. I was the same, mate. Yeah, that's good. Not, not just me then. No. <laughs> that's why musos stay up late. You know, yeah. It's to get those ideas. It's not because we want to. No. It's just, yeah, that's right. You know, Another thirteen is "Wish I Were You," which is another one that probably came out a bit more rockier than yeah. That's, that I intended. Yeah. So it was more of a initially more of a sort of because uh, I wrote on acoustic guitar. I never wrote on electric. Always on acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's sort of acoustic driven. That song was really just about. Uh, I worked at that time when I wrote that song for a, a wealthy family, <laughs> and. And the, the idea of that, a lot of the employees looked at the family as being so successful and they wanted to be like them. Mm. And so that's where the, the, the song comes from, Wish I, uh, wish I Was You. Wish I Was You, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's another one where Evan and I did the little harmony that's solo. Right, that's right, yeah. So that was another huge um, you know, big buzz for us yeah, doing well, that as well. <laughs> you know, like I've got kids, so I, I know that feeling. Yeah. So, and I, I remember when we were in the studio recording I was thinking, wow, that's what a great experience for you too. Yeah. Regardless of where the album went, yeah. what happened with it, whatever, whether it just, you know, we recorded it and it never got heard by anyone, it didn't matter. Mm. It was the fact that we were all there sharing this experience. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were fortunate to receive that money to enable us to have this experience. Yeah, for sure. So it didn't, it, I mean, I think we put in a little bit of money each mm. ourselves, but, you know, so the whole experience was weight in gold you know it was yeah. it was it was great it was just, yeah. yeah i mean it's a great thing to have you know for us all life yeah unfortunately i think it's the only couple i've got at the moment so <laughs> i think i've only got one or two yeah i think okay, a lot of we sold them quite a lot of them yeah. didn't we yeah, so right. mate i mean for whoever's listening um a lot of artists put in a lot of money to uh to fund their own recordings and often people say, can you give me one of your CDs? And you know, us nice guys go, yeah, here's one of my CDs. But a lot of times it comes out of our own pockets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I have found that when you give someone a CD, they don't appreciate it as much as the fact that when they're paid for it. Yeah. Because, you know, here, here's my CD. Why don't you listen to it? Yeah, I'll get around to it one day. Yeah. So, yeah. But if they're paid for it, you know, they, they want to get value. Yeah, <laughs> goes to our last song, Crashland. Now this one you had with Ursula Bloom, is that it, right? Yes, it was an Ursula Bloom song and yeah. it was the very last song that um, we we did. We never recorded it. Um, we made that EP and then after the EP that we, we started, that song just come out of, out of nowhere. That mm. song had just come from a friend of mine who was going through a bit of a rough, rough patch. And he was one of these guys who was always really positive and happy and high. And then I just saw his life fall apart. Mm. And that was the, the, the idea of Crash Land. Okay. Crash Land, Broken Man, Sun in Your Eyes. I can't remember all the lyrics, but you know. So yeah. that was the idea of 
that song. And so we yeah we used to perform it in in Urshabloom. And I remember when we were gigging towards the end of those last few gigs we did, it was a song that really went down well. Mm. And so I never wanted to let it go. And I never felt. You know, we never got to record it. So when you and I started working together, yeah. it was one of the songs I wanted to do. So yeah. I wanted to record it. Uh, I think it's a, yeah, one of the songs that come out really good as far as the quality and everyone's playing. Yeah, it's, really it's, well. a, it, it's a dynamic song, isn't it? Yeah, it's it is. It's probably one of the most progressive songs. Yeah. Like chord progressions and riffs. It's yeah, it it very complex. Well, yeah. not not complicated, but yeah, there lots of chops and interesting grooves. and Yeah. And, is there a three, four, six, eight? Yeah, I was going to ask you about it. Yeah, it's six, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I love the six, eight time. Yeah. I, like, I like tend to write sometimes too much in there. <laughs> you crash land, a broken man, sun in your eyes, leaving you blind. Yeah, that's pretty much the album. So that was back in 2010. Wow, recorded that. Eight years ago. Eight years ago, yeah. So since then we've done a, a few other little gigs. I think the last one we did was maybe two years ago. Yeah. Down at Music Land. We did, okay. got together and did a gig again. But no, it's definitely something I'm very proud of. Yeah, and to work with you, getting your project alive and in the band. Yeah, it was great. Well, for me, it was, a, it was kind of, it gave me the confidence mm. to, to do music again. Because, you know, at that time it was just an idea and I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. And it just gave, once once Boy Cried Wolf happened and it ended, but it just it just gave me this whole new outlook. I'm going to make music and I began writing songs and bought a piano. And yes, yeah, so it was, you know, it was a great experience for me to, to get me started back into music yeah. after such a long break and going through what I did. No, that's great. And, you know. And in having a studio as well, so... Yeah, yeah, it's part of that process. Yeah. Evolving from, you know, and you're the same. I know you're much like me when it comes to music. It's just such a part of you, you know. Yes. Just can't let it go. And I know I'm getting I'm getting close to my 50s, and sometimes I think, oh, man, what am I doing still trying to write these hit songs? Yeah. You know, I've got to give it up. Yeah. Just, it's just part of me. I just can't, yeah. you know. It's like my... It's, it's my air, it's my yoga, it's, you know, so I just continue to do it. And having a studio, I've always wanted to have a, a proper recording studio. So mm. now I can, you know, I get to make music, I record, work with other artists, and yeah, it's, it's sort of part of the dreams come true. Yeah, that's you know, good. You know, you know, a small scale, but... Uh, yeah, well, hopefully I'll get some more songs and I'll come back and we'll do another recording. <laughs> It'd be great to make another album. Yeah, not for sure. Now, have you ever got any ideas? ideas? We'll well, it's got, <laughs> yeah, I haven't been writing so many songs lately, but yeah, I reckon that'll come soon. Yeah, sounds good. So, look out for it. <laughs> Part two. Oh, well, thanks very much, no, Tony. Great. Really Thank appreciate it. Now, yeah, so anyone that is interested in the album, so yeah, stay tuned. We might have that up on YouTube in the near future, so you can check out the whole album, uh, plus what you've heard today on the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed it. And um, thanks for having me, mate. No worries. Thank you.
So thank you once again, Tony, for that great interview. It really was a pleasure working on the album with Tony and getting his dream happening again. So from the first album, Intervals, to the second one, Distractions, uh, hopefully we'll be able to do it again soon one day, real soon. So until next week, keep jamming.